0: This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact
1: Talk Radio.
0: And on tunein.com, Hing.fm, and upsnap mobile.
1: Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. As we're learning
2: now, there is just one reality and mainstream science and mainstream religions can help us get closer to understanding our one reality, but Neither of them covers the whole picture, and together they leave us with a lot of gaps. The one reality in which we live encompasses not just this material universe, big as it may seem to us, but also the very many much greater levels of reality where our dead loved ones reside. And perhaps it's not surprising, our best witnesses as to what is actually going on in our one reality are the dead themselves. My dear friend Ann Purier was our guest in August when she talked about the suicide of her extraordinary son, Stephen, and all the ways in which she and Stephen are still in touch so many years later, and he continues to guide her work. Today, Ann is joined by her husband, Herb. We're going to learn a little about what prompted Herb, too, to devote his life to furthering our understanding of the greater reality, and then we're going to talk about what he and Ann are learning now. Welcome, Ann and Herb Purier. Thank you,
0: Roberta. Hi, Roberta. Good Hi. I'm
2: so, I'm so delighted to have you here. Herb, please tell us a little about how you came to this place in your life, where you really devote yourself to studying these things we all need to know. What brought you here?
0: Well, it, it started very early for me, Roberta. Uh, even in junior high, I was very interested in going to church and studying the Bible, and I was also interested in science. And by the time I graduated from high school, I was ordained by the Baptist Church, and I was awarded the uh, most promising science student in high school.
2: <laughs> wow, what a, what a combination. That's great.
0: <laughs> and then a, a, I had been reading Psychoanalysis by Freud, and I came across the book by J.B. Ryan called The Reach of the Mind. A lot of people now don't know about Ryan's great work. In 33, he published a book ESP and then in uh, 47, uh, The Reach of the Mind. And on the one hand, if you, if you draw uh, two columns, one science one Christianity or religion, you can put a line down the middle because in parapsychological research, you have the scientific method demonstrating ESP and science worldview denying it. Then on the other hand, these experiences that we call parapsychological are reported in the Bible, and yet you find the Christian Church uh, discouraging people about them. So between science and religion, this is the mediating field of science that gives credibility instead of denying uh, both of them. So my first term paper in high school, I mean in college, was on psychoanalysis and religion. And as I began to read this, I came across There's a River. I got excited about the Edgar Casey work. Within a couple of years, I visited Virginia Beach and Matt Hewland Casey and a bunch of the people that got Casey readings. And I was hooked. And uh, last night, I went on my computer reading some Casey readings from my CD that has all the readings on it. So from 1951. To 2013,
2: have been absorbed with this amazing material. Wow. <laughs> you, you, you beat me. I was not even in school in 1951, and I think I've spent a lot of time with this. That's a remarkable story, and I love your insight that both science and Christianity have in their materials the truth, and yet the orthodoxy of each, the sort of belief system aspects of each, deny the truth that they themselves have evidence of. And that's, I've never heard anyone say that, and I think that's profoundly true and a very, very good point.
0: Yes, uh, there's all kinds of uh, psychic phenomena in the Bible, and uh, it's the scientific worldview, the atheistic worldview, not the scientific method that denies parapsychology. The method it's amazing. You know, some people think these energies are too subtle to measure. It is really easy to demonstrate uh, in a simple scientific research, a parapsychology, ESD, clairvoyance, uh, psychokinesis. The simple thing, as Franklin Lord did decades ago, was uh, prayer and plants. Showing you pray for plants, they grow better. Yes. And Larry Dossie, more recently, demonstrating that with people. So the facts are there. The scientific method is there. It's only contrary to the prejudice of the scientific worldview.
2: I I should add that next week our guest will be Gary Schwartz, who is um, a, a Ph.D. scientist who's doing this work at the University of Virginia. I don't know of any other scientist who's made his whole career doing this work there, but he's proven using the scientific method um, that we are being guided by our guides. He's proven that God is real. He's proven that mediums do communicate with the dead. He's proven all this stuff using the scientific methods. You're absolutely right, Herb. It's not that hard to do. Um, I, I think one of the problems scientists have is that that atheism is what's called the fundamental dogma. Talk about stupid. If you're trying to understand the truth, you don't have dogmas you open your mind, but but it is, of, science, of mainstream science, the fundamental dogma is atheism, so therefore, um, every scientist who tries to do this with that in mind is going to fail, because the key to being able to work with these energies is not to have your own mind get in the way, and it's impossible to convince scientists, I've discovered, or people scientifically minded, that their own minds can sabotage their work, but that's what happens how fascinating go ahead
0: um this may sound a little extreme but to say a scientific atheist is a contradiction of terms because the scientific is the seeker and thinking there's more yet to learn and yet by uh, being an atheist he closes the door
2: that's so right some... exactly
0: <laughs> well, i'll
3: tell you a cute little story about gary schwartz he and Suzanne Giesman uh, at Logos, our center here in Scottsdale. And while they were speaking, I took pictures of them because I'm working with uh, photographing orbs. Herb and I do that most nights and uh, are looking to see what that tells us about um, reality and, and uh, life after death, a lot of things. And so when it was over, I said to Gary uh, something about the orbs. He says, well, I don't know. And I said, well, i tell you what, when you get home, Take your camera and just point it to the sky. I'll tell you how to set the camera and just see what you get. And he said, I have a camera with me. So we went outside and I pointed my camera and I got a bunch of orbs on it. He said, okay. He was kind of open but not open. He pointed his camera and a bunch of orbs appeared on the uh, 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 screen. So he said, I'm going to have to look into this. And so (laughs) I understood that when he went back to the university, He applied for a grant to study orbs, so I haven't heard any more about that since he was here, but I'm interested in talking to him about it.
0: Roberta, I want to tell you a little about my good karma. After 30 years of studying the Casey material intensively, I spent the next 30 years with Anne, who is an amazing psychic herself, conducting at least 7,000 readings that she gave, very much in the style and spirit of the Casey readings. And so uh, I've had a couple of really good karmic opportunities or either I had a whole lot to learn about this field.
2: Yeah, I it's it's um that's something we have a lot to talk about. I, I just um, we, what, before we go on to talk about the the things that are really on our show, because we just heard about Suzanne Geisman and Gary Schwartz together. I just want to put in a little plug. Um, they're going to be appearing uh, and speaking as headliners at the Academy for Spirituality and Consciousness Studies. 35th, I think it is, or 36th annual conference in Scottsdale next summer, July 10th to 13th. Um, and that's something not to be missed. Um, the, the website is ascsi.org. Uh, anyone who is remotely interested in communication needs to be there because the topic is going to be, um, new developments in communication. And there are so many new developments, um, that those two are certainly we're very much into it, but both Ann and Herb will be there as well, and a lot of people are going to be there presenting, in uh, talking about communicating with the dead in ways that I think many people are not even aware are possible. So, sorry, had to give that little plug. No, um, I'm
3: glad you said that because you have been right there behind all the planning and getting that done, and uh, the whole team getting the speakers together, and we've put out the flyers already that it's coming, and everybody's excited about it. So. You
2: have done a spectacular job getting this done. <laughs> Bless you. It's it's very dear to my heart, and I'm excited about the people who are coming. Um, we're we're just uh, we are going to have so much fun. I think that's the best part of it all. I mean, it isn't just this isn't just about work, but profoundly, those of us interested in this. Um, field, know the truth that life is eternal, our minds are eternal, and that turns all the work we do into play, doesn't it? It makes it all just fun. No fears, just joy.
3: Exactly, and uh, your book, The Fun of Dying, which is just the perfect title, I love that. Really, (laughs) it just shines a whole different light on everything, and we have, I don't know how many of your books we've sold, but everybody loves your book. I was going to mention something Herb didn't say, that he wrote his master's thesis and his doctoral dissertation on dreams and had a dream lab at the University of North Carolina where he did dream research, which, of course, in your dreams, you very often have contact with loved ones who've died. And I've had numerous ones of my son, Stephen, who has died and we've had with our parents that have died. And um, so dream research and the altered states of consciousness from that are really uh amazing to work with, and he has this dream lab, and they did all kinds of experiments like putting different uh, telepathic thoughts into dreams, and the dreamer would remember that, but also the experiences they had. So this is, um, I think you have a manuscript almost finished on dreams, don't
0: you? I do have a a rough draft uh, on uh, my work over these years with dreams, fascinating topic, um, and um, tremendously important. Casey Edgar Casey gave uh, at least a thousand readings related to dream interpretation. Very rich, insightful, uh, spiritually based material.
2: I, I think dreams are another of the many areas where um, once scientists grasp the fundamental fact of what reality is, which is why I call this show Seek Reality. I mean, that seems to me to be basic. How can we understand anything if we don't understand what the reality is that underlies it all? But once they get that, they're going to understand how much richness there is in things like dreams that we think of as fluff. That's not fluff. That's the core of our eternal spiritual life being made available to us while we're in these temporary bodies. Um, so I think it's wonderful that you're you're doing that that sh- uh, book, and when it comes out, I for sure want you to come back and talk with us about just about that topic because it certainly would fill an hour and more. It certainly will. That's great. Um, well, I, w- let's let's begin to talk. We're we're soon coming up on a break, but I'd like to start talking about this work that you've been doing together. Um, you, you you started the Logo Center in um, Scottsdale. It's it's in Scottsdale, right inside Scottsdale. Right. Yes. Um, what, what prompted that? When did you do it? How did you get started with that?
0: Well, Ann and I got together in um, the summer of 82 and um, I moved out here and we began a study group and uh, by Christmas time we had uh, 38 or 40 meeting regularly in our home and we need knew we needed to organize this work. So in uh, May of 83, we incorporated the Logos Center in the state of Arizona. So we have these uh, 30, uh, 31 years of uh, having our organization going, and it was built primarily around uh, and psychic work and my background in the Casey readings. And we, we gave workshops. We traveled around the country and gave readings, and we gave lectures and workshops, and then it developed from there. So we're in a in full 30, uh, 31 years of working officially as the, the logo Center.
3: And so one, one of the things that uh, you and I talked about, Roberta, is the threshold room that we have, which is a copper-lined 10-by-10-foot 10 10, uh, room where we do research into um, life after death and have been doing that for, golly, 10, 15 years, I guess. We've had... Um, research project there with 25 people in them that spend two hours a week for eight weeks in the room and um, making a contact with a loved one who's died. It's a little bit like Raymond Moody's psychomantium that he wrote about in reunions, but we have designed it. We have added a lot of things to it. We have a, the walls are lined in copper, the floor, the ceiling, the um, we have a copper pyramid in it. We have amethyst grid in it and hemi music from Robert Monroe's uh, work with Altered States of Consciousness. And people come in for individual sessions or to come in to meditate, and they have had outstanding experiences with loved ones who died. We uh, have some preparation they need to do before they come in so that if they have an experience where a loved one appears to them or speaks to them out loud, they won't be frightened, but... Will know how to handle that and to work with it. So it's been that's been a, a project that's really dear to both of our hearts. Back in so that, the 50s. That, that, that's something fifth week. I, I mean,
2: we're, we're going to need to take a break. But that I I didn't want to interrupt that in because that was just an amazing uh, set of statements that everyone's jaw now is on the floor. So we're going to go back and and uh, talk about what that room is, why it works and how it works, uh, and then what, what we've got, we've gotten from it. Um, but first, um, uh, let me just say, my name is Roberta Grimes. You're listening to Seek Reality on the Contact Talk Radio Network. And the core fact of your life is that you are an eternal being. You never began, and you never will end. And really knowing that changes everything. We'll be right back.
1: When she was eight, Roberta Grimes had an amazing experience of light. She spent the next 50 years researching the afterlife to try and understand what had happened to her. And the result is her book, The Fun of Dying. Find out what really happens next. Roberta's book is Cliff Notes to 200 Years of Abundant and Consistent Afterlife Evidence. It will show you why extinction is impossible for you, explain how you can enjoy the death process, and describe for you in wonderful detail the glorious heaven that awaits us all. Available on Amazon, in Kindle, and in print, The Fun of Dying will start you on a thrilling and life-affirming voyage as you learn the glorious truth about who you really are. If you've ever wondered why you're here, if you wonder whether God is real, if you wonder why life isn't fair or whether there's life after death, let Roberta Grimes help you learn the joyous truth about your own reality. Roberta has trouble with believing things. She's always wanted to know, so she spent decades studying nearly 200 years of afterlife evidence. In the process, she made some wonderful discoveries about God, reality, and your own eternal nature. The truth is better than your most optimistic hopes. Seek reality with Roberta Grimes on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Why wonder and worry when at last it's possible to know?
2: Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. And today we're talking with the wonderful Herb and Ann Perrier about the greater reality in which we live. And they're boggling our minds. I'm sorry, Herb. as Just as we went to break, you started to say something. If you can remember what it was, if you could finish that thought. And then we're going to explain what this room actually is.
0: Well, that was my thought. Um, back in the 50s, there was a psychic named Peter Herko. He fell off of a roof. He was a painter, and when he woke up, he was psychic, and he was amazing. And there was in New England a research project called the Roundtable, and they put Peter Hercules in a Faraday cage, and uh, his hitting was amazing. A colleague of mine, uh, very active in parapsychological research, Charlie Tart, said that a number of times Hercules in the Faraday cage would hit 25 out of 25 cards. Wow. And the uh, chance would be five, and if you got as many as 10, that would be very significant. But to get 25 out of 25 is just truly amazing. And it seems that the Faraday cage enhanced of uh, amazing ability even further. So let's, what let's, is it he yet?
2: Herb, let's stop and tell people what a Faraday cage is because a lot of people don't know. What is a yes, Faraday cage? Well,
0: well the the idea is to screen out um, waves um, that are, uh, that um, are unfavorable to uh, attunement. So um, all kinds of radio waves and nowadays cell phone waves and so on. So the
2: so, so physical energies is, get screened out by the by the the metal that lines the Faraday cage, so that uh, they're not going to interfere with, these, with the non-physical energies in the cage. Is that what happens?
0: Well, we don't uh, uh, eliminate the word physical too much, but um, the idea is screening out the other waves to be sure. And either copper plating or copper screening will screen mm-hmm. these out. And so in our Faraday cage, we have um, soldered together uh, copper screening um, On the floor, the ceiling, the walls, and a six-foot copper pipe driven into the ground. It has to be grounded. And we have a metal door entry that can be grounded. So uh, because of this uh, research, especially with Peter Hercos, in which the Faraday cage enhances psychic phenomena so much, we decided to build our... uh, our, our new building is about 11 years old and had done some research of this kind, like uh, Moody Psychomantium, in our other center. But this time we were able to enhance the room with the copper screening and the uh, copper pyramid and the amethyst grid. So it's a greatly enhanced, and everyone that enters this room is just powerfully moved by it. And Alexander, so, so, that will be speaking for you, has had a number of experiences in there. He loves it. But it's so, mainly so, the screen so, so, out.
2: But tell me about the amethyst. I'm so fascinated by this. Why, why amethyst? What does that do? Well,
0: we had a friend, Dr. Richard Gerber. He wrote a book on vibrational medicine, and he told us about the idea of the amethyst grid. You have an amethyst at each corner of the Copper Pyramid and one at the apex of it. And again, this is um, protective and attuning, um, as you know, crystals, quartz crystals, of which amethyst is a part, uh, greatly enhance the psychic tumor.
3: And Richard had a method that he had been given to uh, program the amethyst. So um, about every few weeks, you have to go in and reprogram them because the, the programming energy breaks, and so it's a way you can connect the energy lines and links between each of the amethysts uh, to the apex. And when people walk in the room, sometimes they will gasp and go, like, oh, I, can, I can feel the energy before they even sit down in the chair. And wow. when when Evan Alexander came and used the room, he um, and one of the psychic mediums and also one of the healers had these incredible experiences in there. So. When we opened the door, I took pictures of them, and they had orbs all around them. Uh, Deborah Martin and uh, Cherry, the healer, were in there with him. And then right after our conference last year, about 14 of the speakers came over and sat in the threshold room uh, under the Samoth's grid. Standing and room only. Standing room only. It was packed because it's only 10-by-10-foot 10 10 room. And they, they all started channeling to each other. <laughs> people wow. Have, Diane well, Ladd and some of the others.
0: Here's a couple other things, uh, Roberta. Um, we have a Bose uh, CD player, and one of our ministers, um, Bill Roberts, is a specialist in the Monroe Hemisync work that helps people get out of the body. And so we have Hemisync uh, CDs there that the person can play. And there's also uh, some of the crystal people say that a double terminated crystal can help you get out of the body. And we have a huge, more than a foot long, huge double crystal, uh, double terminated crystal behind the chair in the threshold.
2: Okay, so here happens. are two, two terms we, we need to just stop and discuss briefly. I, I, I understand what hemisync is, but please explain that because a lot of people won't, and I won't understand it. And I think it's very important. What is this hemisync music, and what does it do?
0: Well, Robert Monroe was an engineer that uh, could get out of the body at will. He had an amazing out-of-the-body experiences, and he's written three books about that. And He wanted to, as an engineer, he wanted to develop uh, some technology to enhance that. And he started working with um, uh, different vibrations. If you have a vibration at 1,000 cycles a second and one at 1,010, then there's a beat frequency between those. And apparently this beat frequency, one one, um, frequency going through one ear and one the other, this helps alter or drive, as it were, the brainwaves. So you can change that frequency down to where it will modify the brainwaves and get you into a, a more of an altered state, especially enhancing getting out of the body or attending to the spirit plane.
2: Wow. Um, and, and what was the other thing you talked about, the double-ended crystal? What exactly is that?
0: Well, of course, crystal, typically it has just one point, It's six-sided uh, we think that it can be programmed. They're amazing. Everyone has a TV set or a watch has a quartz crystal in it because they help in coherence of vibration. And the co- more coherent vibration is part of the magic of the quartz crystal. Now double terminated means there's a uh, polished natural point on either end. Okay. And the literature on this says this kind of crystal, helps you get out of the body. So we had a person bring us back one from Brazil. Like I said, it's huge. It's over a foot long and probably weighs 10 or 10 pounds or so. And it sits behind the person who's in the meditation chair.
2: Wow. And also, okay.
0: You know, oh. the uh, the work of Raymond Moody in the Sacramenteum, he had a mirror in the room. You don't look at yourself in the mirror, but somehow the mirror, as you look at it, uh, tends to change the light waves a little so that enhances being able to see your loved ones in the spirit plane.
2: It's very,
3: very effective, and people have had extraordinary experiences during our research projects and then individually. A woman whose young son committed suicide in front of her, um, had not had any contact with him, not very much contact, and she sat in the room for about an hour, and he, he came into the room in spirit form, but she could physically feel his touch. He touched with her hand, his hand to each of her hands in a way they used to dance and kid together and uh, took her hands and put them up over her head and around as if they were dancing and spoke to her out loud. Uh, That was one such thing. And others have had their loved ones' faces appear, not dead, but moving as if alive in this mirror. Um, Because you're sitting in a chair, leaning back, and you can see these reflections in the mirror. People saw that. They saw pets that had died. Um, They also experienced uh, past lives, a number of them. And when the results were uh, tabulated, 72% 72% of believers and non-believers in these programs uh, had an experience either saying, feeling, or hearing a loved one who died. That's an incredibly this, high percentage.
2: It is. That's a psychomantium is what you're talking about there, right?
3: It's, well, ours is different. See, it's all of that and more. It's all of that and more. Raymond didn't yeah. have a paper-lined uh, Faraday cage, and he didn't use the Hemi hemi-sync music. And he, So what we did yeah. is we took all this good work that he did, and we added four or five things to it that we knew would enhance, and it, I think that's why we've been having such extraordinary experiences. And we are writing a book called The Threshold Room.
2: Great, great. Well, I think that's what really also look at. What when will that be out? Do you have any idea? Well, we're still. You
3: know, we have the research tabulated. We want to do one more research experiment before we write the book. We have all the information, the stories, all collected, and all that, and. Uh, it's just we run a center, and so it is hard for us to get writing time. People can pop out mm. books, but we run we run a center 24 seven, and it's really difficult for us to find writing time. So well, that's one of the several books that we have uh, in di- in a stage of development. Well, Roberta,
0: here's a curiosity: um, in the Tabernacle of design in the Old Testament, yes. you go into the, there's the outer court. Then the holy place, and then the holy of holies. And no sunlight is ever to enter the holy of holies. And so we have designed our uh, threshold room. The only entry to it is through our sanctuary. So we have that holy place of the sanctuary, and then the holy of holies that you can enter into from the sanctuary. So there's a lot of um, biblical symbolism that we enjoy working with along
2: with the science oh sure because it is all one thing i mean we we this there's one reality and one way to approach it and to try to approach it from other directions you miss the totality so i think that's that's a wonderful insight but why no sunlight do you know do you know does you have any insight as to why oh uh, in
3: this particular um, um uh, faraday cage is you know, faraday cages are always enclosed completely you could do something out in the sunlight, and of course, do some experiments out there. We just haven't had time to put together something like that. But we certainly, with what we have done, based upon uh, research from the seventies and before that, even uh, we have. The reason we call it the threshold room is the threshold is the space between two rooms, and so this room is the space between dimensions, between right. the earth and the spiritual realm, and. So you could certainly do some things outside we we did six months of sun gazing and doing some experiments so you certainly could do that but this is contained and it works well people come from all over the world to use it um, we have photographs boards and all kinds we have some slides of amazing energies in there and we had someone from uh a brain research group, come in and test the room, and they said they couldn't even identify what it was. They had never seen energies like that. So we know it's a sacred place. We know people come in, and here's the main thing. They come in, they have an experience with a loved one who died. It then gives them more confidence to continue on their own working uh, to communicate with their loved one because they've had this experience. They've seen them, they've seen them, they've heard them. So it's a catalyst. To enabling people to communicate more fully and
2: yeah that, that, that's very important and I, I i agree with you that that's essential because so many people are afraid to try because of what if it doesn't work but you're basically bombarding them with a success which then gives them the courage to seek other ways on their own to communi- continue to communicate that's wonderful
3: exactly exactly that and uh, we ha- i'm a founding member of Helping Parents Heal, which was started by Elizabeth and we have a 1,000 members now in 15 groups uh, countrywide, and this is an organization for grieving parents to let them uh, come and work through their grief, but this is something different than Compassionate Friends. This gives people a forum to discuss their afterlife experiences with their loved one who died their child, where in some organizations they they're not encouraged to do this. In this organization, we asked them to share their story. What did you have? What dream did you have? Did you see them? They sat on the bed. They they just tell you dozens and dozens of stories. And these 15 groups across country are providing that same exact thing. And it started out with just Elizabeth's son dying on a mountain in Tibet from altitude poisoning. And to honor his memory, she began this to help parents, and it has snowballed. It is just, <laughs> it is just doing amazingly well and now has, as I said, a 1,000 members, and they can freely discuss and share their stories.
2: So, Anne, how would people get in touch and uh, with a group, or, or how would they well, find out about this group?
3: They could go online and Google in Helping Parents Heal, and it will bring up our website and the, all the different links to that.
2: That's great. That's anyone who, uh, is it just people who've lost their children?
3: Just children. This particular group, now Compassionate Friends, it's, uh, siblings and all that kind of thing. This is mainly, oh, we have some grandparents, but this is mainly for people who have lost their children.
2: That's, so there are a lot of resources available for people who uh, are bereaved um, and need to know that their loved ones have survived, and uh, it sounds like that the prayers are a fount of that kind of information. Um, getting back to the threshold room, um, tell us some more things that have happened to people who have gone into that room.
3: Well, as I said, sometimes you know, people will say, well, do animals really go to heaven, or do animals continue after they die, or do they have souls? And so many of the people there have seen their animals who have passed on, and um, of course, they haven't. They don't talk to them. But animals don't. But they appear, and they know they continue. So, you know, that's one of the things. The other is it so greatly enhances um, intuition and meditation that very often people that come in say to communicate with a, a husband who died will also have come into the room an aunt, an uncle, someone they weren't even trying to connect with. and just have them tell them that they're okay and they want. Sometimes they'll say, we'd like you to take this message to, uh, you know, your Aunt Mary or whatever. So we've had experiences like that. We have had, um, this is a frequent thing, as you know from research, is that people will experience the fragrance associated with another person. For instance, someone was a smoker. And sometimes he will smell smoke and he will know his dad is there. Um, So there would be baby powder, flowers, things of that kind in a fragrance that uh, would be uh, related to the person who had died. So, that, you know, there was that. And then for a lot of people, even if they didn't contact their loved ones, which most many of them do, but even if they didn't, they got a feeling of peace and the knowing that life continues, even if they didn't have, say, uh, some spectacular experience with someone who died. So it's a very healing, sacred, comforting room, uh, even if you just go in to have a meditation. And we've had New Year's meditations. There are groups of us. And, um, uh, again, we picked up amazing energies. Um, I mean, there are just so many stories. I can't even think of all of them, of what people have experienced there. So I think with the conference that we're having next year is that that's one of the, the activities that people can attend is coming over to the Logo Center and um, seeing the threshold room, maybe sitting in it with a group and experiencing
2: it. Uh, and yeah, that, and that's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to doing that myself. Um, it's time for us to again to say that this is just, this is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. You're an eternal being. Every week we're, we have fun actually talking about what that means. The fact that you're eternal stay with me we're talking with Herb and Ann Purrier, and what we're going to talk about next is orbs and I've got my own orb story to share we'll be right back
1: when she was eight Roberta Grimes had an amazing experience of light She spent the next 50 years researching the afterlife to try and understand what had happened to her. And the result is her book, The Fun of Dying. Find out what really happens next. Roberta's book is cliff notes to 200 years of abundant and consistent afterlife evidence. It will show you why extinction is impossible for you. Explain how you can enjoy the death process and describe for you in wonderful detail the glorious heaven that awaits us all. Available on Amazon, in Kindle, and in print, the fun of dying will start you on a thrilling and life-affirming voyage as you learn the glorious truth about who you really are. If you've ever wondered why you're here, if you wonder whether God is real, If you wonder why life isn't fair or whether there's life after death, let Roberta Grimes help you learn the joyous truth about your own reality. Roberta has trouble with believing things. She's always wanted to know. So she spent decades studying nearly 200 years of afterlife evidence. In the process, she made some wonderful discoveries about God, reality, and your own eternal nature. The truth? Is better than your most optimistic hopes. Seek reality with Roberta Grimes on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Why wonder and worry when at last it's possible to know?
2: Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with Herb and Ann Perrier, who are a fount of information about the greater reality, which is what we study each week. And I'm having a lot of fun. I think they are as well. Uh, and I hope we hope you are who are listening. Now, I'd like to talk about a couple of things. One of which is orbs. Um, I, I spoke at the conference that the Perriers put on um, a year ago, and. I had never heard of orbs. I sort of had heard of orbs, but I thought they were dust mites um, and didn't think anything very much about them. Uh, But when uh, when I was there, I actually had my own experience with an orb, and ever since then, I have come to understand that orbs are real. So tell us, tell us about orbs. Where do we start?
3: Let me tell people first of all about the orbs around you when you were speaking at our conference. What was her name that took the orb pictures? Um, The
2: orb whisperer, wasn't she? Or was there someone else?
3: Virginia Virginia Hummel. She took pictures of orbs. She asked, would it be okay during the conference? So she goes in and you're speaking. And this huge orb, there were several of them at different times, these huge orbs around you, these great big orbs, and it was really amazing to look at those. But she took them around the different speakers and when John Holland or some big speaker would, bring through someone from the other side, an orb would appear by the family of the person who was speaking from the other side. So it was kind of fun. So orbs are not dust mites. They are not raindrops. We photograph them almost every night. And here's what they are doing with us. They will move in a geometric pattern to show us that they're there and they hear us. So we go out and we invite them in. They, they appear... We mainly do them in our yard and also uh, in our logo center, but we do them all over the world. We just did a, led a trip to Italy, um, a tour to Italy, and we got them all over Italy with all the sites and everything. And they have a consciousness, and Herb and I talk to them, and we will call them in. He'll call them around him. I'll photograph him, and they will be all around him when they weren't there in the in the picture before. So they have a consciousness, um, there's speculation that they some of them are loved ones who have died coming in this form, being, some say they've been brought to us in that form, others say they are the form. There hasn't been really good research done with it, but when you look at my orb shots, and here is a geometric pattern, Perfect form. There's no way you can
2: explain that <laughs> way with dust. No, <laughs> no, it's not dust. Well, I'll tell you what convinced me. Um, there's a there's a picture. I think it's still on the Orb Whisperer website. Of of um, when I was speaking, right beside my head is an orb that's bigger than my head. It's huge. Uh, and right. An orb. Just so people know, is sort of looks like a circle, a perfect circle of light, um, of a, of various shades. Uh, and this orb was right beside my head, and it has a little mouth right beside my ear. And I remember when that picture was taken. For some reason, I was floundering a little in speaking, and all of a sudden it clicked. And that was when the orb was basically telling me what to say. It was astonishing, Anne. I've never, i I've never had an experience like that, but I'm absolutely convinced that, that was one of my guides saying, you know, relax Roberta here's how here's how you get going and after that I had no trouble but there was a mouth it's supposed to be round this thing had a mouth it was quite amazing
3: (laughs) I'll be out photographing in the backyard by myself with the dogs when I take them out for their little nightly thing Uh, and then Herb will come out and I'll say call them in because there's something about when he's out there they just all gather around so he calls them in and they'll be there and they'll be where his hands are held out and around his shoulders and his head, and it's just—we both have fun, don't we, of photographing. Fascinating, them. it really yeah. is.
2: And 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 you're right about when John Holland was speaking at your conference. Um, the the I was I found those pictures very interesting too. He was always surrounded by relatively smallish or, orbs, um, but. You would see uh, in the pictures I saw, someone would be standing up, he was doing a reading for that person, and there would be an orb right over that person's head, quite, quite a bit larger, uh, as if that loved one were right there with the living loved one while, um, while the reading was happening. I, I just found it so convincing. Again, that's nothing you could fake with dust mites or, or moisture or whatever. No. And it's digital cameras, right, They do this? Not, <laughs> not old-fashioned yeah. cameras.
3: Well, I'll tell you, the best cameras to use are the small, little digital cameras. My granddaughter's a professional photographer, and she has these two or three thousand dollars cameras. They don't pick up orbs well at all. And we go, why not? I mean, why are they not picking up? They have been designed so they don't fluoresce. So when your flash hits the orb, it fluoresces. It, it hits it, it flashes back to you, and you can see them better. These cameras are made not to do that. So, your best bet's a little Nikon or a little uh, Canon or something like that, just set on, uh, on a nap, you know, just as you would set it regularly with a flash on, and you can pick these orbs up all the time. And for your listening audience, if they'll go to uh, the Orb Whisperer, that's Virginia Hummel's website, and in my opinion, nobody photographs orbs like she does. She is absolutely the best. Her son um, died, and he has appeared to her in uh, orbs and she is the kindest sweetest person and her orb pictures are spectacular
2: she's lovely actually she's actually actually beautiful um she's a great spokesperson for the whole uh, area of studying orbs because you just want to you watch her and listen to her talk she's a lovely lovely person
3: she really is she really is
2: so, so uh, what's happening with orbs? Is anybody else noticing what's going on with them? Is this, because you don't read about them. As I say, I was a skeptic until a year and a half ago.
0: <laughs> well, we think it's the digital camera that has enabled us to uh, have that awareness. Of course, they've always been there. But to me, it, uh, it's really exciting that it opens another frontier of research. Yes. You know, there are a couple of stories. One is that the a patent uh, manager of the United States said we can shut down the office because all the great inventions have already been made. And then in '29, a great physicist says, now it's just a matter of filling in the details, all that we have.
2: Fighter and fighter measurements. We understand physics now. That's right.
0: (laughs) So, uh, and in truth, uh, physicists don't really understand gravity or magnetism. And uh, a lot of these forces, so, The discovery of orbs reminds us that the Bible speaks of all kinds of uh, celestial beings, um, different kinds of angelic forms, and so on. So, um, as you look at the night sky, and then read the book on astronomy, uh, we shouldn't be surprised that there's a vast, vast, vast array of realities and phenomena and dimensions and, and critters like orbs that we don't fully understand yet, but the main thing is consciousness and intelligence and these orbs are demonstrating these qualities.
3: Well, we briefly mentioned this, Roberta, but um, Herb and I had a radio show for five years here in Phoenix. One, uh, two years it was called Mysteries of the Mind, and three years it was called The Psychic and Psychology. Television. Did I say radio? I'm sorry, television show. And uh, we would have guest speakers in that would be sharing the latest in the research. At that time, orbs were not even mentioned. There was nothing at all about orbs. I wish we still had these, this TV show because we would get on everybody we know that uh, uh, photographs orbs because we just think it's, it's going to be something in the future. For instance, if Gary Schwartz was able to research orbs like he did uh, psychic medium can you imagine what yes. that would to the whole field? And I um, yes. can't wait to talk to him to find out uh, uh, if, he, if he ever was able to get
2: a grant to do that or not. Yeah. Uh, now, you say it was called the psychic and the psychologist? Mm-hmm. You, do, you would have Herb. a psychologist on with you who would talk with you about things? Herb is the psychologist. Is oh, I see. It was yeah. the two of you. How, how brilliant. How great.
3: He is the psychologist. I'm the psychic. He conducted my readings for, uh, golly, 20 years, of over 7,000, as he said. And uh, I did maybe another three or 4,000 before I met him. So he was very involved in that. And when Richard Gerber was alive, who was a physician, an MD, we did a, a big conference with the physician, the psychologist, and the psychic. So that was a really fun thing to do. But we've lost everything. Yeah. Our- We've lost our position, so we then had the TV show, The Psychic and Psychologist, and uh, really good feedback about that, but really great to have on cutting-edge scientists and people talking about all these uh, things in the field, and it's certainly come a long way. uh, Even in the last couple of years, things are accelerating.
2: I can feel it, too, but, uh, uh, you know, Herb, I love the way you draw in the science The Christianity or religious aspects, and what we're learning in this great valley in between of information in between them that both ignore, and you bring it together, and you insist that the three work and fit together. And I love that. I don't know anybody else who's doing that, but that's what that's where we have to go, don't you think? We have to stop thinking of it as separate disciplines.
0: Absolutely, and um, and the the beginnings uh, are there in the parapsychological research and the way it's evolved to include things like uh, near-death experiences and and the phenomena that you're exploring in your workshop this summer.
3: And and our church, we actually are an educational center, holistic center, but we have a church division where we have non-denominational services, and you might hear us talk about Yogananda, Edgar Cayce, Jesus, Jesus, trying to bring to our community an understanding of the teachings of all the great avatars and masters. And in doing that, there's uh, psychic phenomena in every single one of those teachings. There's just... uh, uh,
2: It's all the uh, same. You're right.
3: To to lose the, not Christian, is not exactly right, but to lose the spiritual aspect by saying, you know, I don't want to be involved with a church that has this dogma, but to say, rather, let's look at some of the spiritual teachings, some of the religious teachings, and see what we can find in that, because in um, the Jewish tradition, there's Herb is a great student of the Kabbalah, and there are all kinds of psychic things in that. And uh,
0: You know, in each of the great religions, there is a mystical branch. As Ann said, with the Jewish religion, there are the uh, study of the Kabbalah, Kabbalah, in Islam, the Sufi mystics, uh, even in um, say uh, Tibet, they are Tibetan Buddhists, and then there are the more mystical ones. And um, it's some people say all oh, all the religions are going the same direction.
2: Not yes, so much, they are.
0: but the religious mystics are yes. really they're all saying exactly the same thing. The thing yep. you emphasize so much, the oneness of all force. There is only God. And nice. um, that's what every uh, religion has, a mystic, that's uh, teaching this oneness.
3: And see, we, we have led tours. We've had 16 world tours to these places so we can study the Tibetan teachings. We've been to Israel three or four times, to Egypt three or four times, and uh, Greece and all that, to, Gro- Peru, not to, to, too. to study these teachings <laughs> there, and that's been a great, uh, a great help to our community as well as us personally.
2: Um, it, we're, we're coming to the end of our time. I wish we had a whole other hour because we have so much more I would like to talk about, but we'll do this again. Um, I, I just want to say I'm Roberta Grimes. My book is The Fun of Dying. Find out what really happens next. It's available on Amazon, on Kindle, and print, and also on Barnes and Noble as an ebook. My guests have been Herb and Ann Puryear. Um They had the Logo Center, L-O-G-O-S Center. Um, they've written numerous books. Books, which are important, uh, and they're writing apparently another twenty more. Hopefully, we get them all done. <laughs> Um, all on topics related to the greater reality. Their name is spelled P-U-R-Y-E-A-R. So go to Amazon, go to Google, find more about the, more about these people. I'm glad about, I've learned so much more about you, frankly. Uh, and I'm going to be doing that myself. I hope you'll join us next week. Our guest is going to be the extraordinary Dr. Gary Schwartz at the University of Arizona. He's one of the few, if not the only, scientists who are studying the greater reality in a traditional university environment. He has studied communication with the dead through mediums, and he's proven scientifically that such communication happens. His book on that is called The Afterlife Experiments, but he's written so many more books, done so much more work. Um, again, go to Amazon and read what he has done. It's, it's just extraordinary. That's all old news, however. He's working on new things now, and I can't wait to hear what Dr. Schwartz has to tell us next week. Meanwhile, visit us at afterlifeforums.com, join the discussion there, and now go out and enjoy this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are an eternal being and you are infinitely loved.
1: You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.